You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I feel like who art ed. We tried to spice it. Who art ed? Mr. Wood art ed me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. Now, today, we're going to be looking at Vasily Kandinsky. As always, if you're listening on a platform like Amazon Music, GoodPod, Spotify, or anywhere else that supports episode-specific cover art, you can see an image of the work right there in the app. I remember in my first art history survey course in college, hearing the story that Kandinsky was painting in his studio And for whatever reason, he decided to take a break, went for a walk, and when he came back, he saw one of his paintings turned on its side. For a moment, he didn't recognize it. And this was the aha moment where he decided to invent abstract art. It's a good story, but I would say a number of the elements are questionable at best. For one, it's hard to attribute abstract art to any individual creator. I mean, in the early 20th century, Kandinsky, Mondrian, a lot of those guys were sort of claiming credit for inventing that category. But if we look back at even ancient rock art, like the Apollo 11 stones, we have evidence of people creating these imaginative mythical figures. These are abstractions of sorts. But at the same time, I think there is some truth to the fact that Kandinsky, the art theorist, was coming up with something new and different. It's sort of like Sir Isaac Newton's discovery of gravity. It's not that nobody knew of gravity before. People had felt its effects. People had seen it in action. But Isaac Newton put a name to it and described it in a way that just hit differently, that people could process it and engage with the idea in a different way. That, I think, is the true innovation of Kandinsky. When we consider Kandinsky's background, before he was a visual artist, he studied the law and economics. He understood how to analyze and, most importantly, describe things and persuade people to see them his way. It's kind of hard for me to imagine anyone really seeing things his way, though, because Vasily Kandinsky is said to have experienced the world in a way that is vastly different from the way most of us do. Kandinsky is believed to have had a unique condition called synesthesia. 
Synesthesia is a combining of the senses. The specific senses that Kandinsky had joined were sight and sound. Kandinsky described going to concerts and listening to Wagner and the colors and lines that he would see throughout the performance. He wrote of his paintings in musical terms, describing the compositions and the improvisations, the rhythms and movements. There's a great quote. He said, Color is the keyboard. The eyes are the hammers. The soul is the piano with many strings. The artist is the hand which plays, touching one key or another to cause vibrations in the soul. I think that beautiful, poetic way of describing the visual arts and the metaphor that is so relatable and understandable is part of the reason that Kandinsky resonated with so many people. He taught a generation of artists at the Bauhaus. He also wrote about color theory. His book, On the Spirit in Art, from 1910, was very popular in certain circles. He specifically wrote a lot about color. He talked about color harmonies, again, using those musical terms to describe it. While I used to think that Kandinsky was kind of an odd figure to revolutionize the art world, he had a background in economics and law. He was kind of an uptight guy. I mean, he would paint in a suit. But the more I think about it, the more I think he was the perfect person to shift the focus of the art world from observation and replication of nature to something in the realm of the imagination, engaging with the ideas of art and putting those ideas central. Of course, it was a bit of a journey for Kandinsky to go from respected law professor to avant-garde artist. In 1889, while he was still in like the respectable career phase, he went on a research trip to the Vologda region, north of Moscow. This was influential on his later style, as he said the shimmering colors of the buildings made it like walking into a painting. A few years later, in 1896, Kandinsky went to see an exhibition of Monet paintings, and this was a turning point for him. He came to love the Impressionists, but he said at first he couldn't recognize it. He felt frustrated and even incredulous that a painter would work so indistinctly. He felt like something was missing, it was unfinished. But then he later came to realize that he'd been so totally captivated thinking about that work, he ironically came to embrace that style he initially found so offensive. The big leap forward and innovation that Kandinsky would be remembered for, that made all the difference in the art world, was that shift from color representing a form to color being a thing in and of itself. When we think of that progression in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, the Impressionists started painting in plain air, getting out of the studio, liberated to explore nature and find their inspiration in the real world. And they used these dashes of colors to create that feeling of an ephemeral moment in time captured on the canvas. Later on, the post-Impressionists and the Fauvists would push color even further, getting into more of the expressive qualities, getting looser. 
What Kandinsky did was he recognized that everyone had been chipping away bit by bit at the traditions of naturalistic representational art. And he just knocked it all down. Kandinsky said that the elements of art, lines, colors, shapes, don't need to be constrained and limited to only describing things in the physical world. He said the elements of art and principles of design can stand up on their own. Not only that, but there's this whole other category of art, this abstraction where we're not focused on representing people, places, and things, but ideas. It's a whole new world for artists to explore, limited only by their imaginations. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.